Welcome to my world. I'm your host, Kevin Rutherford. It is Thursday, February 29th. We are here live. It is a free-for-all for this first hour. It's going to go fast, so jump in and join us. Phone lines are open right now, 855-950-3835. You can also hit the call now button on your app, and that will get you in here. Uh, coming up in the second hour today, we will have Rolling Toe, I think. I'm not sure who it's going to be today. We'll see, but I'm pretty sure we've got Rolling Toe in the second hour. So in this first hour, jump in and join us. I've got a couple things I can talk about while we are screening those calls and waiting for them to get in. So dial us up. Looks like um, we have an issue. Every day we test our phone system and everything sounds great. And then the minute I hit start something changes and my audio in the phone system is messed up. Not on the app, but in the phone system. We know why, well, sort of, but we can't fix it. Nobody's been able to. We've tried everything. So we are fixing it with our uh, broadcast system and software that we're still working on. And we ran into some of these problems. We're just going to solve them because we can, because we have control. It's our software. So while I'm talking, I'm going to try to reconnect here. And I'm not very good at multitasking. So um, let me give that a shot. And let me see if I can do this while I am talking about our, let me pick something easy. Oh, we have a great sale today. Only today. So Yeah, see, I can't can't do two things at once. So um, while I'm working on this, our sale, it's for leap day. So it is only one day. I'm not going to go through everything that's on sale or what the sale is. Um, Just head on over to the store at um, Let's Truck.com. And it is leap 2024 and you will see about half of the stuff we have in inventory is on sale in one form or another so head on over there and check it out it's one day only and i you know we don't do a lot of commercials i don't spend a lot of time on stuff like this but it is how we kind of run our company uh this is our revenue stream this is what allows us to do 10 to 15 hours a week of free radio. It's what allows us to do um, uh, uh, just about everything we do. So we really do appreciate your support in the store and uh, ask that you can continue that. and We can continue what we're doing as well. Um, all right. We're still, we're, we're going to go to the phones here in a little bit. We'll see. Hopefully uh, when you're talking to me on the phone, Um, we can make this work. Uh, It looks like we've got a lot of callers coming in too. So I did have a topic, but I'm thinking I might just go to the calls and see, because it looks like it might be a busy day and we've only got an hour. So uh, we're getting some of those screened right now. And um, most of what I was going to talk about was big picture of the economy again. I, I... We've been talking about it now for years. 
the idea of, you know, the typical business and economic cycle that we're used to. We have a, a bull run or a good strong market for so many years. Then we tend to have a bear market or a pullback in the economy, whether you want to call it a recession or that's been our typical pattern for the 40 some years I've been in business, but it didn't happen this time. We're, we're, we're way out of whack with the traditional patterns. We thought this was all going to come to a head around 17 or 18. It didn't. And then COVID hit and that just confounded everything. And we had massive amounts of government spending and that that is really what has confused everything in the market and continues to uh, you know when I, I remember when we were talking about hitting 20 trillion dollars in debt and how bad that was and that had taken us a long time to get there we're now every time i say this i know i'm going to be wrong unless i go look it up but we're i don't know like 34 trillion in debt now that happened fast and it just, it really kind of made a mess of our economy. And we are at a place again. I spent yesterday and some time this morning, not a lot, but digging through all the financial data I could find and, and really just trying to make some sense of what's going on in our market. And, and it's still not clear, but it seems to me like every month it feels a little more like the wheels are about to come off of this economy. Uh, I, I read a lot of stuff this morning kind of comparing two eras that have me a little worried. We've talked about the stagflation of the 1970s. Now, I was a kid. I didn't understand the economy all that well, but I remember it. And I remember the after effects. So we had that stagflation all through the 70s, kind of. And then in the early 80s, Reagan was actually elected and the economy turned around and things started to get better. We started to climb out of the bottom. I graduated in 81 and I've talked about it before. It was not unusual to spend an entire day. I'm talking six to eight hours driving around, filling out applications because you couldn't do it online. There was no such thing. You had to physically drive around, ask for an application, fill it out. You could spend an entire day doing that. And the jobs were not great jobs, minimum wage sometimes at best. And you might not get a single call. People today don't understand what that was like. It's been a long time since it, it, it's never been that hard to get a job from in my lifetime. When I got out of school, it was about the worst economy I've ever seen for trying to get a job. Now, so there's some talk that, that we're going back to that stagflation because inflation is rising again. It looked like we might be getting a little bit of a break, but even that wasn't true. It's just the way they want to show you the numbers. The important stuff, the stuff we need to live every day is very inflated and still going up. And yet the economy is slowing down. That, that is what creates stagflation. And it is a very weird economic time. From what I remember, it was, it was strange. Not, not bad for everybody, but bad for a lot of people. And it looks like we're, we're hedging back into those areas. But now I'm also seeing some economists saying 
could be worse than that. We could also be looking at kind of a banking real estate crisis like we had in 08. And they're talking about having them at the same time. I, I have no idea what that could look like. Um, it, it's hard to see any kind of a soft landing anymore. I, I Not with all the data I'm looking at. So we'll keep an eye on it. I am going to get to the phone calls because uh, they're piling up. That's a good thing. And uh, let's get to it. Tony in Mississippi, what's on your mind? You, Your volume is re- really low. Is, is there anything you can do to bring your volume up for me? Because I've got you cranked up on my end and you're pretty quiet. Yeah, can we try this? That is about 100 times better. Thank you. Um, yeah, something weird with the phone. So for the people uh, listening out there that are saying, what is wrong with these people? Um, yeah, try calling in. <laughs> were your ears burning when you were ragging on Packar yesterday? No, because I do that all the time. They deserve it. Yeah, well, that's about to change because uh, you got me in there. And not only that, but guess who I met yesterday? Who did you meet? There was this hate R.E. Garrison, but, but um, there was this R.E. Garrison driver that I got to talking to at the uh, Carrier Transit Cold Refrigeration and he had a Packard, and his Packard had 1.3 million miles. Mine has 942, and and he just loved it, no problems at all. And for that guy that called yesterday. Uh oh, Tony, did we lose you? Hello. Uh, oh, there you are. Well, oh, there you are. You're back. Yeah, the, the signal got blocked by that 18 wheeler. Anyway, this, this guy's Packard went 1.3 million miles, and mine went 942 already with not real major problems. And I can't find a Packard that, that was really as much torn up as, as your average Cummins, uh, I'll say Volvo, maybe not Detroit, but definitely Mac. I think, you know, and the studies out in Europe, you already referenced those that they did well. Well, I know, but I don't drive a truck in Europe, so that's meaningless to me. That that truck and that it, well, the truck's fine. Packard builds a fantastic truck, awesome quality, some of the best around. It's always been that way. the The problem is they they don't offer a drive line that that is competitive anymore, and and they're about. I, International just delivered their first new trucks with their new engine. That may be a real competitor in the market. Packard's going to fall to the wayside if they don't figure out how to build a better driveline. Yeah, I'll allow that because you're definitely right about that. It's it damn near stalled in front of the love today, but that's partly my fault. You know, I can't, you know, transmission didn't help much, but, but yeah, if an average guy's looking for a truck, you know, you can definitely go with a Packard. Well, of course you can. You can go with the 1959 Brockway if you want to, but it doesn't mean it's smarter. You're going to maximize profit. Yeah, you're definitely looking at probably Volvo, Tesla, but, you know, that'd be a stretch. But, yeah, it's, it's coming. What about, uh, okay, so switching gears for that owner-operator that wants to think about company driving. They've just had it. They're sick of IFTA, and we can go there, too, if we want uh, they're sick of the inspections, you know, maintenance. Do you endorse going from having your authority, like me, to being a company driver? And when you look at ads, they say, we offer the most amount of miles. I won't mention TJ's name. Um, what do you think of that? 
you're asking what I think about these ads that push more miles. That'd be a that'd be a good comment. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, I've been commenting on that for years. My comments never changed. I there used to be a time, and many of you remember it, where there was. 37 different recruiting magazines on a stand at every truck stop. The little digest size recruiting magazines. That's how I got started writing columns for those magazines. Nobody paid me for it, but they would give me ads and it would help me build my business. And I I have criticized the entire industry for this forever. Every page, more miles, more miles, more miles. Screw that. I don't want more miles. I just want more revenue. Who the hell wants, who, who goes out and seeks more work when the work they're doing isn't all that profitable. As a small business, I want to yeah. make my money by being efficient, not by working myself to death. We're allowed to work 70 hours in eight days, and we complain that that's not enough. And then we want more miles, oh, more yeah. miles. No, I, I have never agreed with any of that. Well, I read one the other day. Uh, I am going to say I did take a look at an application and, uh, you know, yeah, I thought that's what you'd say. Uh, I was just making sure. Uh, what? Okay, moving on to IFTA. Um, you know, I was audited and I feel like they still owe me $3,500 because it was complete bullshit, complete money grab. Joel's talked about it. Talked to a guy from Pennsylvania today. Brian, are you out there? got me thinking, where do you buy your fuel? You know, Brian with the mattresses uh, that calls in about once a year. Talk to him. Uh, where do you buy your fuel? So, is a way to get back at IFTA, if we all team up and buy all our fuel in Pennsylvania and have a negative IFTA and put them out of business, like, what could they actually do if they owed every, every carrier, like, $400 a quarter? What... I'm not sure I'm understanding the question. All right. So you know how IFTA works, right? Right. You, you do your fuel. So say you buy all your fuel in Pennsylvania, you'll have a, you know, a, a, a significant rebate coming in your tax return because you don't do all your driving in, in Pennsylvania, or at least not many people do. Right. So you'll, you'll be paying that surcharge. I think it's what, almost a dollar a mile now? What surcharge? Well, You're know. just talking about the fuel tax, right? Don't use the word surcharge because yeah. there are fuel surcharges that would really confuse things. You're just talking about the fuel tax. Well, they call it a surcharge. Yeah, the, the number in in the H column or that you uh, that you multiply by. Yeah, it's like point the rate. nine now. The rate, the fuel yeah, tax the rate. rate. Yeah, that is not a surcharge. There are some states and counties that have added surcharges to fuel tax, like Illinois or Indiana, somewhere over in the Midwest. That can get very confusing. So let's not use the word surcharge, not when we're talking about fuel taxes, because it could really confuse things. You're just talking about Pennsylvania has a very high fuel tax rate. Yes. You see, right now I'm getting all my fuel in Jackson, Mississippi, because it's the cheapest. But I know that's bad for the IFTA, because I'll be owing. But, no, wait, um, wait, wait, wait. Let's step back, because this is maybe a bigger issue. You may be screwing things up worse than I'm thinking. When you say you're buying in Mississippi because it's cheapest, you mean cheapest at the pump? I know, I know I'm probably screwing it up, but that's not my question. All right, um, let's get to we, your question. For the people that are listening, 
they'll uh, they they know where I'm getting with this. Can we bankrupt IFTA and cause no. them to go out of business? No. If no, no, no. That's buy- what I thought you were asking. But it, IFTA, these state agencies, they they have no cost for this fuel tax. You can't bankrupt them. If you buy all of your fuel in Pennsylvania, Pennsylvania has a whole bunch of extra tax money. It's not Pennsylvania's money. It's all everybody that bought fuel there. And if they overbought, Pennsylvania has to send that to the other states where you underbought. Now, Pennsylvania doesn't do it. IFTA, the International Fuel Tax Agreement, IFTA does the transfer of all the money, but none of these states, this is not an expense for them. Fuel tax is revenue for them. And all, the, every state, no matter where you buy your fuel, every state is going to get their tax money. You're screwing yourself because you're paying too much for fuel buying it this way. The tax is meaningless. Nobody makes or loses money on fuel tax. It just is what it is. The states are going to get paid. That's revenue for them. You can't bankrupt a state by giving them revenue or an agency. All right. I thought I thought that we could somehow get rid of this whole uh, system where, you know, you just normally buy your fuel and not have to do if done. Well, wait a minute. Wait a minute. This is not a, a cheating. It, this is not a it, the way I view fuel tax. I view fuel tax for small carriers and owner operators as a competitive advantage. I don't want somebody taking that away from me. I understand it. I know how to maximize my profit by buying my fuel in the proper places. And that helps me compete against people who don't understand that. This is another one of those concepts of, well, let the government level the playing field. Hell no. Business is not a level playing field. I don't want it ever to be a level playing field. I want to be able to take advantage of things like this that make me more competitive. So, no, I don't want a system where there's no fuel tax. All right. I, um, I was crossing the Mississippi there. So take me for right now for one second. I just had to hang up the phone and write down my state line right there across the Mississippi River, right? That... That is so dangerous, and we are having well, to do it, that. That's what I'm talking about. Tony, are you living That's in 1980? What the hell? You're still writing yes. down your state mileages while you're driving? Are you a Luddite? Well, of course. How else are you going to do it? I'm not paying Rand McNally to do it. Why not? I mean, I used to, but that's a lot of work. No, it's I, not. I just, it's I think really it's easier simple. To write it down if, every day. I, then stop complaining about it. You just said it was a problem, and now you're saying, but I like it. Well, keep doing it then, but stop complaining about it. If you like it, do it that way. I don't. I like the fact that if I just use ProMiles to route all my trips, then I'm done. I never have to write down a state line anywhere. ProMiles knows every mile in every state. And then if I use ProMiles, put in my fuel purchases into ProMiles. At the end of the quarter, I hit a button and my fuel tax is done. Yeah, I used to do it that way, and I'm glad you brought that up. Um, before before I ask about that, is Paul on the line yet? I have not seen Paul no, yet okay. this morning. Okay, good. Then I'll keep talking. <laughs> um, I'm glad you brought up Pro Miles because you know uh, Brent 
with Inter. Is he with Truck Stop? Yes. He owns Truck Stop, right? All right. Wait, hold on. He doesn't. He doesn't own it. Truck Stop is a a trillion dollar company these days. Uh, Brent is. Brent's got an interesting title. I love this title, and I love Brent's role in the company. And very few companies do this, but I think more should. You know what? Do you know what the term C-suite means in business? I'm I'm still waiting to ask my question, but but well, no, on. what? Okay, so when you hear all those titles, CEO, COO, those used to be, you know, the the two main CFO, certified or not certified. Um, chief financial officer. In the last decade, they've developed a lot more of these. If, if your title starts with a C, CEO, COO, CFO, that's, that's the kind of executives of the company. It's called the C-suite. Uh, the bigger the company gets, the more of those titles they have. But Brent's is pretty unusual. I don't see many companies that has this. Brent's title is CRO chief relationship officer that's brent's job for truck stop he manages and builds their relationships across all kinds of industries because truck stop works with shippers and brokers and carriers three big industries and they have a lot of other partnerships with associations and that's what brent spends all of his time doing that truck stop is well, a I need his huge number company because I need his number because I keep trying to sign up with them, and they evidently have kept my information, but I can't even sign up because I can't log in. And then when you call, zero people answer the phone, like, for two days and two different numbers. So I don't, you know, I don't want to give a bad report about them because uh, people on here probably have it, but I need help with that. Yeah. Hey, as far as bad reports about partners and we want them, we want, I don't want bad reports. I'd like to get a ton of good reports, but if there are bad reports, I want to know about it. I mean, that's our partner. We want to make sure they're doing things right. And so you and anybody else never be afraid to bring up something that's gone wrong on the air with our partners. We're completely transparent here and we'll help you get this fixed. Yeah, I actually wasn't sure if if I should uh, if I should sign up, but that that kind of is like a sign. You said I'd be good, you know, to just sign up right now, even without a discount. I'd be doing fine, but like I can't even get to a demo to look at how it we're, works. We're going to fix that actually, today. Why? I'm going to put like you. They won't take my money. I'm going to put you in the queue, and we'll get that fixed today. And then we'll find Yay. out, we'll ask them the hard questions. Why did this happen? Anything else? There you go. All right. Um, Tony, I'm going to put you back in the queue. And um, Angie, if you could, did he go back in the queue? Yeah, he did. If you could pick up Tony and let's put Tony in touch directly with Brent and we will get this figured out. Um, and, and we are partnering much closer with Truck Stop this time than even last time. So this is a big deal. Um, we are asking if you are going to sign up for Truck Stop, which we highly recommend you do. It's going to be a part of our CMC and, and everything we do going forward. 
that you sign up through us. We do now. Um, we can get you a discount and we get a little piece of the transaction, which also helps support us. And it doesn't cost you an extra penny. In fact, it'll probably save you some money. So um, if you're going to sign up with Truck Stop, reach out to us and we will uh, we'll help you get that done. Let's go to California. Mike, welcome to the program. Professor Kevin, good morning. Mike and Sacramento again. Uh, what's on your mind this morning? Well, I, I wanted to talk a little bit about, about NASTIC. I, I called them on Monday, but I also wanted to let you know a little more about where I'm at in my road to a um, career as an owner-operator. Um, as I told you in the past, I work for a utility in California that rhymes with Portland Gas and Electric. Yeah. You get my drift? Yep. Okay. And I am about four years from retirement. I've been there with about 30 years now. Congratulations. Uh, I'm still... Thank you. I'm still here for the pension. That's yeah, why I'm here. Exactly. Yeah. I'm back back a couple years ago when, when everyone was threatening the, the COVID jab or be fired. Oh, boy. I was saying, please fire me. Please fire me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but um, it didn't happen. It, I'm, I'm still here. It didn't work out. I, I don't have the, don't have the uh, vaccine or anything. Good. Thank goodness. Yeah. Uh, but I recently I've been talking to some of the carriers who come to my facility and about their operation and talking to uh, my shipping machine department about who they use as a freight forwarder, freight broker. And you told the story about the gentleman who's, who worked with, with one um, freight um, broker for about a year now, is, has the initials, the, the, runs with the sugar company? Yes. Okay, and I'm kind of in the same situation. So I, I called the main uh, agent broker for my, my, my company and talked to him for about 20 minutes. And told him where I was at. I'm about four years out from from becoming an owner operator. I want to go on with them in particular. He said, "Absolutely, uh, we'll be happy to have you. Uh, when you get your authority, just call us back. Ask to get onto that particular um, company's account, and we'll we'll sign you up and we'll use you. No problem. Be happy to have you." So I, I may not have to call, but have a major um, pocket full of brokers to work. I may have to just have one. I- I have seen several people do this now. You know, I, I talked about the one guy who was brand new, just got started with this, his authority, had never even owned a truck before. Um, he, him and I talked about this, and I said, go find three to five good brokers. The first one he started with was C.H. Robinson, and he managed to meet a couple of agents within C.H. Robinson, and that's, it was the only company he ever used. He never used any other broker the entire year and did fantastic and became their small carrier of the year. Um, Joel, it's not exclusive, but Joel has been telling us a lot of his freight comes through Schneider. And, you know, we listen, listening. Yeah. And, you know, for some reason, we we've we've developed this idea that because they're the biggest, they're cheap. I mean, think about what what the nickname is for C.H. Robinson, right? Cheap and heavy C.H. But 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 that's not true. Why do we think that the biggest companies became the biggest companies by just being cheap? They weren't. Those companies have excellent freight. Why don't we know that? And, well, we don't know that because that stuff doesn't make it. And they the ups and downs. Yeah, and that company doesn't, that, that freight doesn't make it to the board. So, yes, if all you're right. doing is looking at what a specific brokerage might be posting, 
the most successful brokerages only post their worst loads. That's the stuff they mm-hmm. don't want to move through their their primary carriers, through their preferred carriers. They give their best freight to their best carriers that they have a relationship with. Then the junk goes on the board. I mean, that's how the system works. Yep. And, I, and when I called him, I asked, I told, I use that R word. I use, I want to build a relationship with you. I want yeah. to start a one-on-one relationship and be, I want to be your go-to guy. I'm going to be a, a one-man show as efficient as possible. That's my, that's going to be my, uh, yeah. uh, my, my goal take will be the efficient, the most efficient operator you're going to have. I'll be, you know, with you hundred percent. Yep. And he said, I'll be happy to have you as soon as you're ready. Excellent. And so that I was just started that process. And then um, Monday, I called Nastic because I've been waiting. I just, I need to call and just talk to them, see, see what's going on. Yeah. So I spoke to a gentleman. Did you did you meet Bobby? Oh, Bobby and I spent a lot of time together. Bobby and I uh, yeah spent the weekend at David's place. There was you know he, he mentioned that I mentioned I I mentioned um, that I was excited when you share with all of us your keynote from the Nastic meeting. Yeah. And he, he, we just start talking forever about, it was about half hour of him. I talked. Yeah. Bobby's a great guy. Like to, I was like, it was immediately like, it was like talking to uh, your best friend. Yeah. It was so easy to talk. It's just no, not really business. It was just more just personal. And like you said, a half hour on the phone. Nobody tries to rush you off the phone. You're talking to a human, uh, and they actually take time to talk to you. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. Like he wants to get the next call, but no, he just took whatever I needed. And you know, he shared with me that they have their own um, authority program. Correct. I didn't know that when David Owen spoke on his meetings with you on the phone. I like that's cool. Okay, that's even one more reason I'm enjoying now. Yeah, this is their their program is going to be integrated into ours and truck stop as a part of it as well. This is kind of what we're talking about when you hear me reference like the franchise model that we're building. So in, in a franchise, you don't have to go figure out which vendor I should build a relationship with. You, sh- you don't have to go figure out which product do I need to buy to be the most efficient in my business. That's what the franchise model already worked out. It already worked out all of that stuff. Here's the people you need sure. a relationship with. Here's the, the programs you're going to use. That's what we're doing for a small carrier. It's just gonna, everything's going to be there. So here's, here's how you get your authority. Here's the load board you're going to use. Here's this service. We've vetted all those things, and we've put the best of them into one program. Yeah, I'm putting all, all these things that you've been sharing with um, the past shows, I've been putting all in a little, note, little notebook I have. Good. I think that's stuff I'm going to take when I'm ready to go about getting authority. So I'm, in, I'm in California. So my only option is, is authority. Yeah. Really is you know, right. Uh, Bobby mentioned um, lease under care. I said, "I'm sorry, I'm California. I can't, can't do that. That's right. been destroyed by '85. Right. That, that's not even an option for me." So I said, "So that's me part of the authority program they have." And I was like, "That's really one more option. One more reason why I'm going to join Guaranteed." I asked him though, "Is can I join before going to the new entrant survival training?" He says, you, "That's that is something they do common." Uh, they have a, a uh, management safety program that they've created that I would be required to be part of. I said, no problem. It's money well spent. It, it, 
their their management safety program is one of the best deals going because it, oh, yeah. it, it takes care of all that compliance kind of stuff that yeah. you don't want to mess oh, with. And office stuff. They've got it down to a system of they'll tell you which records you should be keeping. And if you're ever in an FMCSA safety audit, you're going to have everything in place. The FMCSA, mm-hmm. if they did an audit, it, it's not going to take long. They're going to look at it. They're, most small carriers have none of this stuff in place. Nothing. And the FMCSA, in an audit, they'll come in, they'll start tearing it apart. They'll make you put all this stuff in place. It's ugly. Um, this program takes care of all that. You sign up for the program. They, they set up all your oh, yeah. driver files for you if you start adding drivers. They, it just takes care of all that stupid compliance stuff that we don't want to deal with. Right. And also, I didn't know, they, they have a drug testing program where you can, you can test yourself. Uh, absolutely. Uh, even if you I, are a I had no one, idea. One truck carrier, they can set it up yeah. so you're allowed to collect your drug test on site. That's right. I was surprised by that. I was like, wow, that's that's huge. Yep. These are yep. things that I was, I was like, David. David was, was very modest with his with his company with what they do what they do for phone operators. I like he didn't share half of the he didn't have probably didn't have time. You know, we're we're going but, to both of us have been really busy. Now we have the CMC coming up, oh, and the truck show, no and all doubt. that. But we plan on doing more regular shows with them to go over each service that they offer. The other company that we partner with and has a ton of these things, we we're going to talk about them more is Truck Stop. You know, the load board is is only one little piece. They have all kinds of other really great tools for small carriers, but it, it's hard to to get thing these things out to people. And and so that's you know why we went and found all of these programs and we're putting to get them together in one place because trying to do this on your own is almost impossible. Yeah, you'd be on no, you'd never know no, no, no how to drive. You take care of it on yourself. Yes, that's why you have partners. That's right. Partners that know what they're doing, been there, done that. Yep. They can guide you along as as an actual partner in the business. And one of the things you mentioned, load boards, is I talked to Sage Robinson about their loads with my company, and they said that their loads are not not even on the boards. They're all internal. Right. Yep. So no one would ever see them on on the load board. They would never see them. No. And when you're assigned that that account, it's a a one-on-one list. You just call, or they'll call you one-on-one, and I like Perfect. Yeah. Not, not, no, no competition. Not competing with anybody. Yep. You know, finding low board, trying that, to find a load, and you know, go here, go there. It's it's all built on relationships. Yeah, and everything we're talking about here really is how we built this program. Figure out what a small carrier needs to be successful: products, services, partnerships, relationships, and then go out and put those into place and make it easy to access. And that's what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, and then right now, on these last four years, uh, I decided about six months ago, I'm going to start working my, my butt off of overtime, saving up a bunch more money so I can start getting into this, have a good chunk of money, and pay it in cash. Yeah. Not, not have any debt. Perfect. I'm, gonna, yeah. I'm already very little debt anyway. Anyway, we got money in the bank, in a money market. we got money in the mattress. Um, the house is mostly paid off. Excellent. So, we, so that's the only debt we have is just the mortgage. So we're in good shape there. So in four years, when I do this... The- It'll be, it'll be very painless. And I'll have, I'll have the pension to help me, too. 
I can almost, I have to use the word almost, but I could almost absolutely guarantee you will succeed. Well, I, I believe that by following, you know, Joel and Pittsburgh Power, Nastic, um, Brent with Truck Stop and yourself, all these people that are guiding all of us to kind of showing us the way to go, you know, you, and the fact that Brent and Molly, you've described, it's your own fault if you fail. It, it really is. It really is. And, and we're, it, it's kind of ironic because most people are looking at the economic cycle and the, and the, the industry cycle that we're in, and it, and it looks like a bad time. But in essence, if you're ready to get into this business, it's the perfect time. And that's one thing I, I just stuck in my head. You mentioned it's better to get in when, it, when it's bad. So when it gets good, you just money in the bank. Yeah, Where and all now, these guys two years let, ago that jumped. Let, okay. Let's talk about your situation because you're going to be doing this in four years. In four years, it, it's possible we could be back at the top again. We could go through the bottom, sure. be back sure. at the top in four years. But that would not be a bad time for you to start because you're preparing at the bottom. You're learning the industry. You're building these relationships already. You're asking these questions. So I've really made the statement, there is no bad time to get into business and there is no good time to get into business, not based on the economy or the market. The good time to get into business is when you are ready, no matter what else is going on. If you're ready, that's a good time. If you're not ready, it's a horrible time, but it has nothing to do with the economy or the market. I mean, all of us, if we think about it, we should be able to start at the bottom, the top, the middle, because we have to survive through all of those things. So why should it matter when we start? And it really doesn't. It's just a matter of, are you ready to start? That's what matters. Yeah. And with four years, you you will be really ready to start. Yeah. Uh, You know, I listen to all the callers that call in and ask you the questions and stuff. And I've just learned, I get a little, little, you know, bit here, bit there and put it all together in in, in my head and and write stuff down, make notes. And it's just all going to just kind of hopefully knock on wood, fall in place. And I'll just be able to just go. Perfect. All right. I'm looking at the clock. Anything else I can help you with? Yeah. That's it. For, that's all I have for today. Thank you, Gavin. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Talk to you soon. Love it when people follow the plan. It works. Let's go to Wisconsin. Brandy, welcome. Thanks, Gavin. Um, I want to talk about it more or less for your comment on a situation that's ongoing in where I work. So I don't run covid before after driver there were companies that were hiring and they had all of these great big uh, advertisements that you you're going to make more than another company and you had mentioned that well one of these days they're going to regret their decision well i happen to work for one of those companies i work for one of a, com- a company that pays by the hour i get paid really good the people that made that decision didn't think it true they want to cap us and they also want to because we don't want they don't want doing overtime uh and uh, so they want they're putting in uh other carriers to go underneath us i have a run that goes to california pretty much or 70 hours getting there and almost back and um they I bring it up because they they took away an incentive that if you did go to California, you're going to spend 34 hours 
on your own. So they made an incentive that those who wanted to do it, we would pay you to do that. And then we also had an incentive to that if you didn't work eight hours because the company that you were going to closed early, you would get paid for the eight hours. So they took nice. that away as well. Yeah, I, you know, <laughs> here's the well, struggle. I don't know how I sound if I'm hey, whining. I, I know. Okay. And I'll here's, tell you something else. I'm doing... Go ahead. I'm doing 55 miles an hour to control my clock. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and I'm getting used yeah. to it. Yeah. And I go into the 70 mile an hour zone. I've got my brakes on to stay at 55. It's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> uh, well, yes and no. I mean, it's good for everybody. It's good for you because the company's. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get and it's it. good but for the company. It was you that said it, and I, and, and I held on to it. Yeah, well, here, here's the challenge. I mean, it's not like I was some, um, you know, just so wise that I could see this all. I could see it coming. My guess is they knew it was coming, too. But if we go back to when I was saying that, be careful giving raises. You're going to have to take them back. I wouldn't have had any good advice for these companies. They gave raises because at the time they felt like they had to. It was hard to find good quality drivers that are going to take care of your customers unless you paid them really well and everybody was giving raises. I said it back then. I said, look, it's dangerous, but I don't know what your option is. If you want to attract good drivers, you're going to have to pay them better. Problem is, you're going to have to pay them so much in today's world that you are going to struggle when this turns around, and you're going to have to start taking it back, and it's going to get ugly. But I, but I wouldn't have had any good answers for them. I wouldn't have known what else to do. I think they should have had a survey. They should have asked, it's like, if we do this, this may be what you, the consequences of those actions. Well, if we you do if you do a survey, well, hold, hold on though. Here's how she this would go, here's how this would go in the real world. We do a survey. We ask the drivers. We're thinking about giving you a raise, but we're afraid if the market turns around, we're going to have to take it back in two years. Would you rather us give you a raise and take it back, or not give it to you at all? Which one are they going to say? Of course, they're going to say, "Give it to me now." And then they're still going to be pissed off two years from then when you take it back. Yeah. yeah. Well, I've, I've worked for companies that are small enough that they almost feel like family. It, so you protect the family. Correct. Correct. And, and, and when you have a small company run that well, then you can overcome these kinds of problems. But as you get bigger and bigger, this gets harder and harder to manage. And the, and the thing about this company, we had 500 million assets merging with another 500 million assets for a billion-dollar company. Yeah. And they're piddling over three drivers for $210 for a 34 restart. It's like, wow. And I know. It basically starts like, so what are, they, what are they telling us or what are they not telling us? And, and it goes back to what you had said. It's like they're going to try to take back what they, they regret that they did. And, well, uh, like I so said, they, the they, working they may the not regret it. it. It may have been what they needed to do at the time. Yeah. Well, anyway, I just wanted to add that. Um, yeah, it's a, it, it was, it, it was a, by the hour that you don't see anywhere else. Right. It, it was a tough situation. We said it then and we knew this was coming and now it's here and now we just have to deal with it. Yeah. Well. I appreciate your feedback. All right. Thank you. Good talking to you. Thanks for the call.
Oh, almost hung up on myself. Let's, uh, I caught it. Let's go to Illinois. Dale, welcome. Hello, how are you? Good. What's on your mind today? Hey, uh, I was wondering if you had had a chance to uh, uh, look at uh, my fuel gauges, uh, snapshots that I had Angie sent over to you. Yes, I did take a look at those. Did it, uh, what's your first initial thoughts of those? Did they scare you? Um, it's a little ugly. I mean, 73 cents a mile. I'm looking at the first one here. 73 cents a mile fuel cost. Uh, 59 cents a mile. That's not so bad. 83. That one scares me a little bit. Um, 65. Uh, and then 53. Um, that's the kind of numbers we need to reach. And what we know is that All these trucks are basically doing the same stuff, right? Correct. So this is a great example of why focusing on fuel is so important. Let's think about this. You have one truck that's costing 53 cents a mile and doing the exact same job. You have a truck paying 83 cents a mile. I know, and that's why I'm excited uh, that this that we're doing this program just to kind of see. Like I was uh, telling you last week, even a half if we, uh, even a half mile to gallon increase, right? I'd be so happy with. But I I really think there's so much more room for improvement uh, over a half mile. But we'll but, take baby steps here and call it. Well, a let's no let let's quantify. I can tell you exactly what the potential is, and it it isn't even the full potential. Because right now, and so people, just so people know, um, I know a lot about Dale's operation that we're we're probably not going to say because Dale's in our coaching program, and I've been working with him one on one pretty intensely here. So I I have a lot of information about this. Uh, so if if you're a little lost and and you know, I'm going to be throwing out numbers and you're going to be like, well, how does he know that? Because I've already, I'm already going through all of Dale's numbers and we're working on this stuff together. So here, here is where we know the minimum potential is. And it's the two trucks I just talked about. You have a truck at 53 cents a mile. You have another truck at 83 cents a mile. So the, let's, let's talk about the fuel mileage. The truck at 83 cents a mile is getting 4.8 miles to the gallon. The truck at, uh, let me get back to it, Uh, 53 is getting 7.52. We can almost, almost gain three miles per gallon. That's the potential. But that's not the full potential because even the truck that's getting 7.52, there's still more we can do on that truck, right? Well, absolutely. There's a... I've talked, well, I mean, I've talked to um, uh, Dave Counts, and he's, uh, we're working together to build some type of a custom filter for my truck, so oh, we're going to try that. He's in the process of trying to do something there for me. And then uh, uh, I'm also going to, I usually put Eagle flaps on the truck and the trailer. I haven't done that yet, uh, but I'm getting right geared up to put those on there. And I do know that those give us a, a, a minimum 
at least three tenths a mile a gallon because I've ran those. I've ran those for ten years. Uh, Excellent. And they actually, by by the time I take the mud flaps off uh, of our trailers and put those on there, that saves us 110 pounds. Uh, Fantastic. Right there. So every yeah. pound in our business counts. So absolutely, I think I can uh, absolutely increase mine for sure. Well, all of them for sure. But uh, so. So, Dale, I, I just want to talk a little bit about kind of the big picture, because it, it, I've been working with you for, what, maybe two months now? Yeah. About two months. Um, I can hear the difference in your voice. There's a big difference in, in your voice that I can hear from two months ago. And you know what it is? I'm hearing optimism now. That is, I'm glad that you picked up on that, because... I feel optimistic. I can tell uh, a lot more, uh, a lot more than I I was, and I, I I'm uh, and it makes me feel good that you can hear that because I, I I was hoping uh, I was projecting that. Well, uh, without <laughs> without getting too deep into it again, I know a lot about what's going on. You've had some really rough times uh, in business, yeah. in life. It just a lot of things all happening at once. And what I heard in your voice when I first started talking to you was almost, almost hopelessly overwhelmed. That if I would have had to have described how what the way I thought you were feeling at the time, it was almost hopelessly overwhelmed. Like everything is falling apart, and I don't know what to do. Yeah, absolutely. And now I hear optimism. Because now you're starting to see the possibilities. It's not like we fixed everything. We haven't. We've made some changes. No. We've put some ideas in place. We've dug into the numbers. But just by doing that, just by digging into the numbers and starting starting to work in, in your head, my head, how do we turn this around? What can we do to make each one of these things maybe just a little better? And you're starting to get some breathing room now, right? Right. And can I add... Add one more thing. To Absolutely. What you just said. Not just me. Everyone else is starting to get a little more optimistic now. Dale, it, it started with it, me starting to trickle it, down. I, I, I just got goosebumps because my, my biggest concern for you was not you. I knew you were in a bad place, but I knew we could fix that. And, and we can already see that's happening. I was concerned because this is a family business. I was concerned that the rest of the family were, it was just going to be one roadblock after another because that's what it felt like in the beginning. But I love the fact that you can see them starting to come around now. That's big. Uh, it is. And getting uh, my sister on board, that, uh, well, that was a big help to me because I, I needed help from her. Uh, in 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 here to to help try to do some some right. stuff and right uh, but uh, you know the big thing was you know dad dad is coming around he's seeing the, the big picture but uh, and I, I didn't mean to cut you off if you needed to make another point there but uh, oh it's, no it's, the only point I I, I would make is um, at the end of all of our coaching calls. And you and I had came up with some good things to work on, some great ideas. My fear was, and and my thought for you was, boy, do I feel sorry for Dale now. He's got to go back to his family and try to 
re-explain all these things I'm helping him with. And from their point of view, I know what they're thinking. Oh, my God, he's listening to that guy on the radio again. Where does he come up with this stuff? And, and for me, I felt sorry for you that you had to go try to convince everybody else. But it sounds like it's, it may be working. Well, that's funny because that's exactly uh, what my sister said. I'm and sure. Not so much what my, my dad wouldn't even entertain it when I would say uh, say your name, to be quite honest, you know. <laughs> right. <laughs> <laughs> so I, this kind of... Uh, it leads me into another question, or kind of, a, it's a good problem to have, but um, the opportunities that I was telling you about, uh, I want to take this slow. Yes. But they, uh, there is such great opportunity to grow very quickly, and that kind of scares me. As much as I'd like to grow that fast, man, I, I just don't think that's the right time to do it. Well, here's, um, here's the good news. You are approaching this exactly right. Now, I know a lot of people who, if they were in your position right now, they would just start grabbing at this and they would do everything they could to try to take advantage of that. And it, it, you are taking the proper approach. It is an opportunity. There's always things we don't understand that may come with that opportunity. And we don't want to jump in too fast, too quickly. Um, so, so you've got the right attitude. This is going to work. Well, I, I, I'm excited, and I can't wait from, uh, you know, I'm just going to say uh, um, this time next year to see where we're at. Yeah. Because um, I yeah. anticipate uh, uh, we'll, we'll be so much better off. It, it, it just, I'm excited to see where this is going. Um, and I never would have thought these doors would have opened, uh, these opportunities would have came. The outlook would have been so hey. good like it is right now. Hey, uh, um, real quick, I don't think I could have. What does your day look like today? How busy are you today? And not busy at all. Oh, good. Because I have some. Good. I have some homework for you because we have a coaching call today. Okay. Is today health or trucking? I forgot. Either way, either way, I'm going to make an exception for you because I'm going to give you some business homework for our call today. Okay. I want you to take the 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 trucks you have, all this fuel mileage data you just gave me, and we have the the one truck your lowest cost of operation is fifty three cents a mile. So I want you to take your whole operation and recalculate your expenses and profit. It, it, it's not as complicated as it sounds. Only based on one thing. I want you to redo your profit based on what if every truck in the fleet got the 7.52 that this truck is getting. How much more money would we have in our pocket right now if they would have been doing that for the last year, let's say? That is so funny that I'm literally doing that right now. Excellent. Excellent. (laughs) Good. That's hilarious. I'm actually doing that. I'm going to show my father that. Yes, that perfect. Is, that is funny that you said that. Perfect. Because that's real world. I mean, it's one thing if I come into a fleet and say, look, you guys are getting 5.7 as a fleet average, and I'm going to get you to nine, and look at how much we're going to save. Well, I can do that, but 
they don't have a single truck getting nine. So it, it seems like, well, how are we going to do this? Come on. But all we're doing is we are taking a real truck that you're already running in this operation. And here's its fuel cost. So we know it's, it, it's doable. You're already doing it. But if we could get the other trucks to this number, look at how much it would impact our profit. Oh, my gosh. I, it, it's going to be a staggering yes. amount. To, it, a, it, a staggering it, amount. Dale, Dale let's, let's, let's say this. Let, let's, let's kind of put a point on this. I, I'll ask you, because I don't know, but when I looked at the numbers you brought to me in the beginning, and I may have even said this at one point, I was afraid. I was afraid you were going to lose this family business that's been around a long time. And, and I felt a lot of pressure, like, oh, I, I told him I could help him here. Um, I, I'm not sure if I can. I'm not sure if we can pull this out. The numbers were, were looking pretty bad. But now I'm looking mm-hmm. at this. This may be the only thing you have to do to keep this company in business. Just, just this one thing. Just get these other trucks up to this fuel mites. That might be enough to say, hey, look, we can survive this now. I, I think I, I can uh, get some, not all. And I think I could get some new recruits on board to do the same thing. But I'm always going to have just a, a few handful of them that uh, just, you know, well, you know, like I told you, you know, uh, wants, wants, the, wants the money, but doesn't oh, right, want to do the work. Right. You yeah, you, but you know what you will find over time? I mean, you were at a place where we, we couldn't even find one driver. I mean, it was looking bad. That's already starting yes. to turn around. So at some point, and, and all of this takes time, like you said, we're not going to try to rush this, but at some point, you may end up getting rid of those kinds of drivers. You may not need them anymore. Well, and actually, Joel uh, posted something similar, uh, and you may have talked about it. Um, I I wish I could find I, I screenshot it, but I have to dig through my phone to find it, where he talked about uh, driving fast versus driving slow and how many more miles uh, you'd have to run uh, to get this, the same type of net right. you would driving slower. And that's what I tried to explain to him, but he just... He just didn't get it, but uh, it, I mean, some will, some won't. That's it. Some will, that some won't. Right. That, that was a great post. If anybody's seen that, yeah, it was. I think I reposted it. And then, uh, so uh, on on what I'm working on, uh, I think I will have a fleet within a fleet, if that makes sense. So what I'm wanting, and I was wanting to talk to you about this. I I, I am wanting to do that separately than what we are doing right now with the trucks that we have. So let's say I get two or three, and I'll run those uh, uh, through profit gauges myself, and that will be kind of like my little baby versus is something like that do you think that would be okay to do instead of just I, trying to lump it all together or i i rather, not only I do i rather do that do it not only do i think it's okay i think it's brilliant it allows you to use that as as what we might call your sandbox this is a place with this truck or these two trucks or whatever it turns out to be we can go experiment with things We'll go try things and we'll track them. And then I can take the numbers back to my family and say, look, this isn't just an idea. I've done it. And look at the difference. 
And, you know, you mentioned Joel. Joel has done that over the years with his family business. I mean, Joel's family owns a trucking company. And, and Joel has, oh, yeah. Has, yeah. has worked in it at times. He's been contracted at times. It, 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 so he's, he's kind of done the same thing that you're talking about. I think it's a, a brilliant idea. Well, it'd be great. I'll uh, definitely get that um, ball rolling then and uh, uh, do that. All right. And get something we, like that going. We yeah. will talk to you this afternoon on the coaching call. I got to cut you loose. I just looked at the clock and I see Mr. Beckett is hanging out there waiting for me to wrap this up. So, Ron, I see you're on the line, but I am going to drop that call too because we got to move on today. Sorry, Ron. Call me back tomorrow. Be safe. Be profitable, be fit and healthy, always do the hard work and master the journey.